This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Fowler, and today we are going to wade through Georgia's recount, more misinformation from the president, and... Release the Kraken! Long-shot conspiracy-laden lawsuits. Georgia election officials are almost done counting 5 million ballots for the third time in a month, several state and federal challenges have been filed in the courts, and nearly a million ballots have been requested for the important January 5th runoff. Let's talk about the recount. For weeks now, the Secretary of State's office and 159 county supervisors have been trying to wrap up the November 3rd general election from counting all the votes and certifying them, hand-counting all the votes again as part of a risk-limiting audit, and fighting droves of conspiracy theories, misinformation, and questions about how the voting process works. By law, President Trump could ask for a machine recount of the election because he lost by a margin less than half a percentage point. So last Monday, we caught a glimpse at when and how we tabulate votes for a third time. On a nearly hour-long call with our counties to kind of go over some of the processes and procedures we're going to be doing for the upcoming recount. Uh, the big headlines on that one are that they need to begin tomorrow at 9. They cannot begin any sooner than that and they need to be wrapped up and end by midnight on Wednesday, December 2nd. Some counties would work over the Thanksgiving holiday. Some would take their time to gather up staff and make preparations. The difference from the risk-limiting audit to the recount is the introduction of high-speed scanners, but Gabriel Sterling with the Secretary of State's office said that would be one of only a few changes. We had an audit to confirm that initial count, we had a, a, a difference in ballots of 0.1053% and a difference in margin of 0.0099%. So, and that's with human error involved. So my, my assumption is when we use the machines again, we should be hitting right about the same number about ballot difference, about 12,000, I'm, I'm now getting dyslexic in my brain, 670 or 760, I can't remember what it is right now. But there is adjudication involved, so there is going to be a human element on some of these ballots, potentially, that could potentially change the outcome as well. Um, you only like you say change the, the outcome. You see the outcome, change the margin by three or four or five or something like that. I mean, we don't know exactly what it'll be, but when you're dealing with human beings doing this again, handling this paper for another time, there's always that possibility. And I say change the outcome, mm -hmm. I say by changing the, the winner, I'm talking about changing potential margins within a precinct or within a county. The results we have seen from the recount so far show very little, if any, variation from the original count with Joe Biden winning the state, like the state said originally. But of course, this is 2020 and nothing goes smoothly, especially not if you're named Fulton County. Their recount process was delayed over the weekend while they dealt with a server issue. The real issue is a Fulton County employee made several compounding errors. The biggest was instead of following the procedures that my office and the vendor laid out, Fulton County once again cut corners. The biggest one being he backed up the election project on the server itself instead of on an external backup. Because of that decision, they lost the ability to upload hundreds of thousands of scanned ballots. Processes and procedures exist for a reason. The reason is to take into account the unexpected. Then there are decisions that continue to be concerning. Fulton County knocked off work at 4.45 on Sunday and 5 o'clock yesterday. 
announced they will scan from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. today. As of an hour ago, Fulton County only had eight of the 17 high-speed scanners going because of staffing shortages, as I understand it. They can still make it by our midnight Wednesday deadline, but they seem to want to make it a dramatic fi uh, finish. And I think us in our office, and I think really the rest of the state is getting a little tired of always having to wait on Fulton County and having to put up with their dysfunction. Fulton officials dispute that characterization. Now, let me fast forward to comments that continue to be made by the, either the Secretary of State or representatives of the Secretary of State and representatives of the President of the United States of America. I'm still not clear as to why they continue to pick on Fulton County, Georgia. We're the largest county in the state of Georgia, the largest of 159. I cannot speak to what the other 158 counties in Georgia are doing, but I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that within Fulton County, Georgia, there was no hanky-panky whatsoever with respect to the recent election. By the end of the day today, the final ballot should be scanned and results of the recount will be uploaded to show that, for the third time, Joe Biden narrowly won the state's electoral votes. Now, let's turn to lawsuits. First, we'll note that it's extremely rare for the courts to intervene in how an election will be conducted, or was conducted, unless there is really, really strong evidence that something needs the intervention. The cases filed in Georgia recently have largely fallen short of that mark, in some cases spreading fantastical conspiracies alleging international plots to steal the election away from President Trump. A motion filed to block Georgia's certification of results was filed by Lynn Wood, an Atlanta attorney who as recently as 2018 voted in Democratic primaries but now supports President Trump. Judge Stephen Grimsburg, a Trump appointee, denied that request for lack of standing and something called latches, basically waiting too long to file a complaint against something from several months before. During the hearing, Wood's lawyer was stumped by basic questions from the judge, and attorney Russ Willard from the state attorney general's office eviscerated the last-minute request to block certification. Quote, The election is over, and rather than accept that his preferred candidate has lost, plaintiff seeks the largest disenfranchisement of eligible electors since the abolition of the poll tax and other vestiges of Jim Crow in the state of Georgia, Willard said. That's now before the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, which asks, among other things, if the request is moot now that the results are certified. But that case was just the start. Sidney Powell, who once was on the president's legal team but apparently is not anymore, promised a quote, biblical lawsuit to overturn Georgia's election. We waited and waited and waited, and the filing was finally posted. First online with some pretty big typos, then in a federal court docket. The so-called Kraken suit wasn't all it cracked up to be. The main argument repeats a debunked conspiracy theory that alleges Georgia's voting vendor teamed up with a competitor to conspire with the late Venezuelan leader Hugo Chavez to rig votes. 
So-called anonymous whistleblowers provided so-called evidence, dozens of recycled affidavits show no evidence of wrongdoing, and a misunderstanding of election processes and allege, in short, that we gotta throw the whole thing out. Powell's lawsuit also misleadingly cropped out dates from official state certification forms, included declarations that cite shaky statistics, and ultimately, while the process is still ongoing, the judge has suggested there is, quote, precious little proof. None of the lawyers on this suit, or any other suits, by the way, have been brought by election lawyers. Another challenge filed in Fulton County Court cites a YouTube video as evidence thousands of ballots that should not be counted. Will any of these be successful? Not likely. Does it contribute to distrust of the election system? Definitely. All of this has been egged on by top Republican lawmakers and politicians in Georgia who are contributing to a fictitious narrative created by President Trump that he rightfully won Georgia and the White House and massive fraud occurred, despite multiple states and multiple other Republicans saying otherwise. You have to investigate to get to the evidence. We have a lot of circumstantial evidence. I mean, if you look in Georgia, Republicans won up and down the, the ballot, except for the presidential and the Senate race. Tell me how that has happened. Yeah, we continue to battle here in Georgia, and the, the lawsuit is like 104 pages. We're still, frankly, going through it ourselves. But the bottom line consists of fraud on three primary areas, voter fraud, ballot fraud, and then, of course, the machine fraud as well. And then you add to all of those things in the lawsuit, you have uh, allegations here where uh, Republican counters were, were kicked out and not able to watch. You have signatures that were not verified. It's just on and on and on. There are consequences. At recent campaign events, everyone from Senator David Perdue to GOP Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel have been fielding questions about why they won't support President Trump's fight to overturn results or why they should even trust the system. Yeah, we have to. I, we didn't see that in the audit, so we've got to just th that evidence. I haven't seen, so I, we'll wait and see on that. It's not decided. This is the key. It's not decided. If you lose your faith and you don't vote, and people walk away, that that will decide it. Purdue and fellow Senator Kelly Leffler both face a tight battle against John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, and every vote in that race will count. President Trump is coming to campaign on Saturday, but there are concerns he could continue attacking Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and veer off message. So Vice President Pence is coming Friday, and the new Super PAC has released a radio ad from Donald Trump Jr. strongly encouraging Republicans to participate in the January 5th runoff. This is Donald Trump Jr. The radical left wants to tear down everything we've accomplished. Defunding the police, destroying private health insurance, and dismantling the Supreme Court. They'll take away our Second Amendment rights and make it harder for law-abiding citizens to defend themselves in their own homes. On January 5th, the U.S. Senate is on the line, and my father's accomplishments are on your ballot. Now we take Georgia, and then we change the world. Don't let Chuck Schumer and the radical left succeed. On January 5th, vote Kelly Leffler and David Perdue for Senate. There are more harmful consequences, too. At a Tuesday afternoon press conference, Gabe Sterling, the normally mild-mannered wonky voting system implementation manager, was angry. 
Just to give you all a heads up, this is going to be sort of a two-part press conference today. And at the beginning of this, I'm going to do my best to keep it together because it has all gone too far. All of it. A young technician faced death threats because social media conspiracies falsely accused him of altering vote totals in a recount. The Secretary of State's home address was posted, and Trump supporters have held honking caravans outside his house repeatedly, and some have even breached his property. Then there's language used by some that accuse election workers and officials of treason. It has to stop. Mr. President, you have not condemned these actions or this language. Senators, you have not condemned this language or these actions. This has to stop. We need you to step up, and if you're going to take a position of leadership, show some. Sterling said that the president and Purdue and Leffler and state lawmakers and other people in power need to do something about the dangerous rhetoric being thrown about. This is elections. This is the backbone of democracy. And all of you who have not said a damn word are complicit in this. It's too much. Yes, fight for every legal vote. Go through your due process. We encourage you. Use your First Amendment. That's fine. That 20-something who got threats with his name and a picture of a noose? Just someone who took a job. The people making those threats? Someone has to answer for it, he said. I'm talking about Senator David Perdue and Senator Kelly Leffler, two people whom I still support in the, in the election booth, but they need to step up on this particular thing. And that's me speaking as a Republican, not in this office, because I've probably stepped out of line, but I'm kind of pissed. We have said it repeatedly. I mean, it's been pretty clear. They called for us to resign. And frankly, when they, when they called for us to resign, and then the senator, sorry, the president called the Brad Raffensperger, who was a fine, upstanding, lifelong Republican, an enemy of the people, that helped open the floodgates to this kind of crap. It takes people who are already spun up. And, you know, there are people who can be, have some righteous inclination to be angry. But there's also people out there at this point in the social media world, we see what happens. There are some nutballs out there. We we're going to take this and say, the president told me to do this. Essentially, you have to be responsible. You have to be responsible in your rhetoric. You have to be responsible in your statements. You have to be responsible in your deeds. That shouldn't be too much to ask for people who ask to, for us to give them responsibility. What else? Now that the president is coming to town on Saturday, it's likely he's going to talk about the election and talk about Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger and other conspiracies that some officials say could keep people from voting in the runoff and could inspire something worse. Mr. President, it looks like you likely lost the state of Georgia. We're investigating. There's always a possibility. I get it. And you have the rights to go through the courts. What you don't have the ability to do, and you need to step up and say this, is stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of violence. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. And it's not right. I, I, it's not right. It's not right. 
I've covered Georgia politics and elections for two and a half years and seen a lot of emotions run high, but nothing like this. I'll be honest, it's kind of scary. But we will get through this, I hope. Still to come, it seems like November 3rd's election day was ages ago and also yesterday. We'll look at how things managed to go right, even if the post-voting process went off the rails. Plus, will President Trump's visit over the weekend help or hurt Georgia's Republican senators in a runoff? I'm Stephen Fowler. This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. You can subscribe to our show at gpb.org battleground or anywhere you get podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Our editor is Wayne Drash. Our intern is Eva Rothenberg. The show is mixed by Jesse Neiswanger. And the director of podcasting is Sean Powers. Thanks for listening.